Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Limerick Junior Soccer Focus with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again by Aidan Ryan uh, this evening. Aidan, there's only one place for us to start uh, tonight. It's the quarterfinal of the Tui Cup, where we were both in attendance uh, yesterday evening, where Charleville beat Kuna 2-0 to advance to the semi-final with a, a meeting against Ashing and Akadi. There were two goals from Donal O'Connell, uh, one in the first half, one in the second half, and the very dying embers, really, uh, to finish, uh, finish Kuna off. Aidan, um, a really good night for Charleville and, and deserving winners, to be fair. Yeah, good night for Castle and Charleville. Thought they played really well, Adrian, especially in the first half. Played a, a lot of attractive football, moved the ball quickly on the ground. Played a lot of little uh, triangles and, and one-twos and got the team into a position where they had a lot of 2v1s and 3v2s during the, during the first half. I thought they were helped by the, by the way Kuna set up. Um, we were probably a little bit confused at the start at, at how Kuna set up, but we eventually did uh, kind of set on a three a three five two. But the um, five or two strung, too far apart, uh, across strung across the pitch, they weren't compact enough at all, in my opinion. And the three at the back were too far apart in from the five, because in fairness to to, to Charleville, they, they were they weren't just attacking down the sides; they were actually attacking through the middle and getting through the middle very very easily. And I thought maybe the two lads up front, uh, Jermoyles and Danny Isacordia, were, were kind of yeah, defending yeah. in the in the wrong areas of the pitch, really. I thought they were going out to fullbacks too early to try and close them down, and it wasn't really their job. No, they did sort that after half time. But Chalver had really a good foothold in the game in the first half and deserved their one in the lead. And it was a wasn't it a brilliant goal from Donald O'Connor? Fantastic, uh, fantastic finish. Nice move, nice crisp move with a couple of passes into him down the right-hand side of the box, came back into his left foot and buried it into the corner and they deserved to be 1-0 up at halftime. Yeah, it was a, a very credible performance. Uh, Football-wise, I suppose, Aidan, from Charleville, I know from, from playing to myself in the past, like they have a lot of very good footballers, but there was a confident display that maybe they, they maybe haven't shown. Maybe I, I'm not sure... For instance, all season, but you know they were well on top in patches. And you know, as Adam Castle referred to after the game himself, there was another two or three goals that could have been collectors' items as well if they were finished off in the, with the lat, with the final ball or the final finish. Yeah, over the ninety minutes, but it's in the first half, a lot of good football, moved it wide when they had to, and as I said, played played through midfield a lot, seemed to bypass the five across midfield for Kuna and find loads of space spaces in behind them. Um. I thought there was a lot of space given to the lad midfield, Kevin, a Joe Kevin, is it? The mm, yeah. small lad field. And he was dictating the game a lot from there. No, he, he didn't get as much space in the second half because obviously Kuna tightened up. And eventually, when obviously when Niall Errors got injured, they went to a four. So they tightened up considerably. But he ran the game in the first half. And you have people like Gary Ward and Don O'Connell, uh, Keen McNamara, Shane Dillon, who are all technically very good. And very good at finding space, especially when when teams aren't as tight as they should be, and they create a lot of chances. And you know, if you look at the game over the ninety minutes, certainly if it wasn't for Josh Sheehan, who I thought was outstanding in goal for for Kuna and Rory O'Neill at centre half, especially the second half, some of the blocks and the tackles he got into the box, really latched this stuff. But a willingness to defend on his part, it kept um, it kept. Kept Kuna in the game, uh, uh, and, and and listen, you you never know at one nil. Kuna would always get a chance. They had one very good chance with ten minutes left, 
where a ball went into the box and the header, which which the Charleville keepers uh, made a decent save out of. But that was really cool as for all the huffing and puffing. That was probably the biggest disappointment, I suppose, Ed, wasn't it? Is that, you know, it was a, a workmanlike performance from Kuna, but never really looked like breaking through. Yeah, you can't, listen, you can't fault Kuna for commitment and character, can you? No. You know, they keep going, no matter no matter what's going on in the pitch, Kuna keep going for 90 minutes. They never stop, but they didn't create a whole lot. Now, in fairness to them, Adrian, no Josh, no Josh Sheehan, uh, no Kieran Barry, no Gordon McKevitt, who did, who did yeah. probably rely on to create a bit of stuff. Um, no, Chris Kea. So, and and you had you had Noel, uh, you had Noel Earls who I think I referred to after about ten minutes looked to me to be carrying an injury, and he succumbed to that injury um, into the second half. So they've had a lot of bad luck. No, lots of teams are without players and missing players and get injuries. But in Kona's case, you know they've been very unlucky the last three or four weeks in terms of injuries and players missing, and that hampered them quite a bit. But they're not they're not really a team that creates. They rely on work rate, commitment, character, play a lot of direct football and to try and stay in games as long as they can. But Charleville were worthy winners, as I said, played some fantastic football throughout the 90 minutes, I thought. Yeah, you mentioned a few players that you were impressed with on the night, Ed, and a couple from Kuna and obviously a few from Charleville as well. One player who we both were impressed with was, was Keane McNamara, a really young player. If he's even 19, I think he's maybe just turned 19. Uh, it, but I suppose on top of his technical ability, it was the work rate you said as well um, that was a standout. Um, he does seem to have all the attributes for a player that could be at the top end of the Premier sooner rather than later. Yeah, I like to look at this boy, Adrian. He really has all the attributes. He's what's he six foot, six foot one, mm. big strong boy, very good attitude on and off the ball. Works hard for his teammates. Really impressed me last night with his walk right off the ball. Couple of balls breaking down, showed no disappointment with it. Got back into position, tried to get a tackle in or tried to affect the play on the other side of the pitch so that things didn't build up for Kuna. Really good on the ball, great balance. A lot of third man runs. Good link play. This boy has all the attributes to be a top player. Uh, really standout player on the team. I think you mentioned Donald Khan yourself, and he had a really good night, hadn't he? Nice again, nice balance. Worked hard for the team as well, but a lot of skill, a lot of big skill factor with this boy, and very good left foot, good passer of the ball. Um, a lot of good players in that team. And uh, they showed it last night and they looked like they were enjoying their game last night, enjoying their football and they took control of the game early, which helped and uh, passed the ball really well. I thought they had a very good shape about them. And I was also impressed with the right full, James Horgan. Yeah. Uh, Simon earlier on this season, uh, Adrian, he played centre-half. And I like that about defenders, that they can play centre-half and play full-back. It's a great attribute to have. It helps the manager a lot. He was very impressive last, uh, last night, a right full. You know, a lot of players are, uh, didn't get didn't get the better man. He he went forward at pace, linked the play, and was probably unlucky. I think you mentioned it yourself during the match that he didn't um, finish off a great move they had in the second half because he started us and nearly got at the end of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I know Charlie might not thank us for, for highlighting the performances of certain players. Um, I was speaking to their manager afterwards, Adam Castle, he, who was obviously in high spirits. Aiden. Um, I was going to refer to you losing your hair, but I'm not so sure that would be the apt uh, term to use in this case. Any maybe little hair you left might have been torn out when when I referred to the top six and bottom six split. And Adam said that uh, he thinks that they have no interest in playing the likes of Ashley Anacotti and, and Pike Rovers and that 
and a colleague in Pike Rovers likewise wouldn't have any interest in playing the likes of Charleville and he thinks the top six, bottom six is the perfect solution right now for a club like Charleville and even for most clubs in the league. Um, I suppose, look, one of your points probably will be why would you want to get promoted in, in that case? Um, but, but I know that probably would have rubbed you up the wrong way. Yeah, I saw, I saw the interview today, um, uh, uh, Adrian, between yourself and Adam. A real loving interview. Oliver Sharp was a couple of 99s with flakes on top, in my opinion. <laughs> but, uh, but a fantastic interview. I thought Adam spoke very well and came, came across well. And he was obviously delighted with the display. Yeah, that 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 comment would, would hurt me. I mean, if, if you're going to come up from the Premier A, surely, surely you want to be playing the top teams in the division. Surely that has to be part of the the, the whole setup of, co- of coming up. Um, the fact that you're happy enough to, to be in the bottom six after the split, maybe maybe in his case, I can, I can see it and that they've just come up, okay? And you want to establish yourself up there. But in my opinion, the whole point of a league is to go up there and play the very best. Play the Fairviews, play the Pikes, play the, as it, as it is now, the Ashlings, play the Regionals. And Nina have proved us. Nina have, have shown that they want to be up in that six and, want, and regional want to be playing the very best. And I, I think that's what Adam and Charleville should be aspiring to. Now, fair enough, his point is, look, we want to stay in the bottom six and we want to establish ourselves. But... It isn't something I would be aspiring to. I'd be aspiring to a ten-team a ten league, as, 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 as I've said before, and to be playing the very best, to improve standards of all the teams. Why, why can't we have eight very good teams, Adrian? Why can't we have ten very good teams? Why can't we aspire to have those standards rather than just having three or four very good teams? You yeah. know, this top six team means we're isolating that top six. You know, they're the very best. We'll scrap away at the bottom six. Why Why should it be that way? Why can't you aspire to have seven good teams, eight good teams, nine good teams, ten good teams in time? Might happen straight away, but let's, let's, let's aspire to improve our standards. Absolutely. And hopefully the likes of Charleville can do that over the next couple of years if they do uh, consolidate in. Because it wasn't just maybe Keane McNamara, another lad, Jack Callahan, uh, younger players in that squad, that if they were stayed at Charleville, you know, there could be a possibility that they could be a top six team sooner rather than later. I did mention to Adam Castle afterwards that um, I had him back to Aiden like we did last week for the to finish uh, top of the, the bottom section. Uh, he said he they, they wouldn't leave me down, although he did also mention that last night was the first time I'd seen him, even though I got a few pastings off him myself last year with Carbley. So, you know, I was well aware of their of their qualities, that's for sure. Um, but on, on top of that, I suppose you, you could say there was a bit of contradiction in, in terms of when, when Adam said that, you know, they had no interest in playing the likes of, of Ashling because he did say that when they come up to Premier, that they wanted to make an impression and they wanted, you know, to bring an attractive style of football. Do you think that... With that approach in the bottom, that, that it will suit them, particularly at home in the bottom section, and that they, they obviously should be aspiring to, to finish top of that, surely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, they play a very attractive style of football, Adrian. But I, I've also made the point, and you brought it up in the interview about yeah. the goals against Palam. And to be fair, they didn't look like conceding last night. They had a very good shape about them. They kept the ball for for listen most of the match so Kuna didn't didn't get the ball to be uh, doing any damage to them but the big test for them will be keeping clean sheets even in the bottom six and you see you, you have to con- keep that consistency every week uh, and we flagged it last week that 
they gave Bella a reasonable game. They certainly gave uh, Fairview a really good game in, in the in, in the cup. Mm. But you have to bring that intensity every single week now. So that'll be a that will be a test for them. Can they keep that consistency every week against the Cooners, the Mungrits, the Jamesboroughs, uh, who who'll certainly want to be getting at them? So that would be a huge test for them. And listen, they might have they might have aspirations to finish top of the top of the tree in the bottom six. And as Adam said, said collecting the shield. Um, we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't have said that with, with less enthusiasm. But uh, anyway, I'm sure we'll, this definitely won't be the last time we talk about this throughout the season. Um, I suppose we go from the top six now. Uh, sorry, from the bottom six into what's going to be the top six and the top two probably towards the end of the season. We've Pike Rovers taking on Fairview Rangers in a rerun of the Munster Junior Cup match that recently took place at the same venue. Um, you look at the league form of these two sides, Ed, and it's it's nine win, sorry, eight wins out of eight for Pike, eight wins from nine for Fairview, obviously losing that game against Ballet in LIT. If you look at the, the form of both sides, though, it's six goals conceded between the two of them in 17 games. I think it's 47 goals scored. Uh, so obviously it promises to be a humdinger, but I tell you one thing, surely, if anything, uh, revenge is on the, the mind of Pike Rovers. Do you expect them to have a similar setup, Aidan, to, to what they had? Because it's a short turnaround and they lost 3-0 in that game. Will it be a similar kind of defensive setup for Robbie Williams? Oh, big, big question, that. Um, to, to be fair for Robbie Williams, Adrian, it 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 worked for a long, a long spells of the last mm. match. It worked for 50 or 60 minutes. The 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 question we had after it was when when Fairview went down to ten men, Pike didn't seem to have a. I often hate using the word the plan B, but an alternative way of of uh, of playing against ten men in terms of um, how they attack and they were picked off on the counter attack. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll have his homework done for this match. I think it'll be a very tight game again because the games they've had over the last 12, 15 months have been very tight. Um, even though the scoreline in that match. Would have would, uh, led us to believe that it wasn't tight. It was quite tight for 50 or 60 minutes. Um, they went with the 5 3 2. I don't think Fairview had a chance, bar maybe Connor Cochran's chance earlier on in the first yeah. half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, other than that, they didn't have a sniff. So, he, he might look at that and say, we'll go with that again on the assumption that, look, it, it'll be 11 to 11 throughout the whole game and we'll, we'll, pick our, we'll pick our moments and we'll pay the percentages in terms of maybe set pieces. But, so um, often, but, Aiden, that you'd be uh, if you if you were a Pike person, you'd hope in Fairview stay with eleven for the whole game. Well, yeah, maybe so because listen, he didn't <laughs> he didn't seem to know how to attack Fairview against with, with the ten men. But there is a lot of talent in that Pike team, and I think I think maybe the leash needs to be left off a little bit in terms of the match every now and then. I think he'll be tight earlier on. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. But uh, I I I think he needs to have some sort of a setup where he can get at that that Fairview back four. And remember, Adrian, I've questioned that quick Fairview back four. I think there is weak links in that Fairview back four. And I think if the personnel are there, and what I mean by personnel is maybe the likes of Colin Walsh and Lachlan back in the team, etc. Mm. And maybe setting up with a system that will get at those weak links, I think there could be joy there for Pike. It has the makings of a draw. Team, The games have been so tight between them. Um, I'm led to believe AJ Connor's out for Fairview, mm. so that could be that could be a big factor in the match as well. He's such a big influence on that team. But Fairview's still a very a, a strong team in terms of the ball when they have the ball, 
and those three front runners, and you've obviously Jack Arrow there as well. You're going to need you're going to need to be on your toes and have a system which they had the last day, where these boys aren't going to hurt you. It'll be it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how the two teams set up, especially Pike. Absolutely, and I suppose just for the, the benefit of anyone who wasn't at the game, Aiden, on on the day, I I you might be able to shed light and know, but obviously we have. We had in the five three two. You had Aaron Murphy starting up front with Kevin Barry on the day. Um, you also had Stephen McGann, Robbie Williams, and Shane Walsh in midfield. And the back three, well, it was a back five, but the centre back three was Pat Mullins, Adam Lipper, um, and obviously Eddie O'Donovan on the left that day. But I suppose, look, coming from Daniel Neal was on the right as well. But you mentioned it there outside of Colin Walsh Lachlan, who obviously we don't know if all these players are available. You know through injury or other things. But if Colin Walsh Lachlan's available in, you'd imagine he'll absolutely come into that left-hand side or maybe in the right-hand side, uh, no matter what the formation is. Do you think there'll be any more personnel changes to Pike? Well, Owen Hanron, I suppose, will be back yeah, in the team. Yeah, that's another one. Mm. And I, I would play Owen Hanron higher up the pitch. I wouldn't play him as, as one of the three. If they go with three, I'd play him higher up the pitch. He's a very creative player, a player who can read the game. Technically, as you know, Adrian, one of the best players in the country in terms of his technique um, and a big factor in set pieces, which which we've alluded to before. Those two players alone, no, would make a massive difference to that 11, it must be said. And we'll ask questions of, of Fairview. Um, so I would expect I, I expect something to happen with the two of those there. If AJ O'Connor is out of the Fairview team, you'd have to look at where Jeffrey Judge might start. He has been starting left full. You mm. might be looking at bringing him into the midfield. Uh, I, I, I think Martin Deedy's on the way back. Yeah. He's naturally excited, so he might come into the full-back position. We have a fair idea how, how Fairview will set up. The big intriguing thing is what Pike will do. So I'm, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But those two players alone, Adrian, they'll make a mass, massive difference to that Fairview 11, assuming they're fit to play. Yeah, I do believe actually, Aidan, as well, that Adrian O'Connor has emigrated. Um, so that's, that's a, a, hum, a huge loss for, for Fairview Rangers uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, not just on the field, uh, Aidan, but, you know, he really was a huge figure and a huge leader off the field. It was clear to see around that club as well. Oh, geez, a massive loss, if that's true, if he if he is gone uh, abroad. Um, look, on the pitch, an absolute diamond of a player um, so disciplined real team player can play anywhere over the pitch captain of the team I think as well yeah so yeah massive massive loss in the dressing room before before games and after games massive loss um, big blow big blow to Fairview no doubt about it yeah certainly so I do think that maybe you could be right it could be going back to a Bradley a Judge and Duggan uh, midfield but Again, we've spoken about it enough, um, it, it, but you'd imagine Dara Rainsford, Conor Ellis, Conor Coughlin, you know, with Jack Arrow coming off the bench, I mean, there isn't many people that, that have those type of riches either, to be fair. I know we've alluded to the fact that they don't have a huge squad or a huge selection from the substitute bench, but particularly in that area, when you have someone like Jack Arrow in reserve, would you expect that's going to be the case again this week? That's huge as well. Yeah, these boys are a massive threat. And, and the thing about them, Adrian, is there's goals in every single one of them. You know, you'll often get a front three and or, 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 or a four with, with Jack Arrow, obviously. And there might be goals in all of them, but all these boys have goals in them. They're all a goal threat. And 
what I like about them this season is their work off the ball. I think they're working a lot harder off the ball when they don't have it. And I think they're 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 more they're more team players than I have seen in a long time. And uh, they're going to be a massive threat again. So you have that quality in the squad. Obviously, the way they are set up, you would expect Ellis, Coughlin and Rainsford to start and Jack Arrow with that threat off the bench. And behind them, possibly those three with, with Bradley sitting in front of the back four, doing what he does. And Duggan and, and Judge Lincoln to play and making those third man runs. And they're also a threat, as we have seen throughout the season. So... Certainly a fascinating, fascinating game. Really looking forward to it. And obviously as well, the, the supporters are so ferocious on the line. We always get a lot of entertainment, don't we, Aidan, from, from both sets of supporters. As I said, I've said this to Shane Duggan before, and I've probably said it to you on the podcast before the Munster Junior game, but there does always seem to be that added edge in, in when both of these sides play each other, regardless of the venue. Yeah, well, it's a derby match, and there's, there's huge history, Adrian, between the two clubs. And, uh, you know, going back years and I've experienced it myself. It's funny, Aidan, isn't it? Because, like, we always talk about, you know, the generational gap and, and how, you know, maybe, you know, that bite isn't there anymore. But it does seem to be passed down when both of these clubs play each other, doesn't it, to the players that either come in or the players that come up from the youth levels. Yeah, it's in the DNA, Adrian. I was there myself when I was 18. I signed for Pike. I was still actually a youth player. And um, at that time... Pike was struggling down at the bottom of the Premier League and actually Fairview were, were kind of struggling down there as well. And I can remember the, it was absolutely ferocious, the games we, we, we played in the league. And I was a young, uh, a green 18-year-old playing out in the wing for Pike. And uh, I got a few tasty tackles in my time off, off uh, some, of those, some of the Fairview fullbacks. So it's, it's in the DNA, DNA, DNA there. And they're ferocious games, but they're, they're fantastic games to be involved in, it must be said. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one that certainly will have a keen eye. It's, it's, probably, it's the big focus, obviously, you know, this weekend as well, as it is the only two Premier clashes. So you have a lot of uh, clashes in the, the in Premier A and the likes. But there's, the FAO Youths has actually taken a, a centre stage effectively as well. Um, you have Fairview taking on Peak, uh, Jamesborough taking on Carib Celtic and, and Ashton travelling uh, to Castle Bar. So obviously we wish all those teams uh, a lot of luck in, in their uh, endeavours this week, Aidan, and obviously we hope they can get as far as they can. Yeah, well, it was it was, it was was disappointing the weekend to see the, the Oscar Trainer U team. Yeah. Many of those lads would have been playing and go out to um, Galway above in Jackman Park. So obviously we're hoping those teams come true. I would be familiar with a few of the Jamesborough players. A few of them have actually played, haven't they, already for the, the junior team at times this season? They have, yeah. Um, and they've done well. I've watched them and they've done really well. And Shane is going that way with Jamesborough. He's, he's putting his faith in a lot of those youth players and they've been involved in the squad. A lot of them would have played Kenny the Cup a few years ago and I would have been uh, involved with a few of them. So obviously we're hoping they do well. And we listen, we, we need our youth teams doing well, Adrian, uh, at this stage of the competition because... These lads will be playing junior football in the year two. Some of them are playing at the moment. So they're the future of junior football in, in, in the city. And a lot of them hopefully will go on to play at, at a higher level as well. Yeah, and, and I suppose just a word on the Oscar Trainer Trophy for at senior level, Aidan. Obviously, yourself and Shane O'Hanlon led uh, Limerick. We know that the format was, it, it was basically the, the league winners, Jamesborough, in representing the Limerick District League, he won that competition, which I suppose shows you the, the value of continuity, you know, and, and maybe... That in that and how good that team was, but it's kind of been there's been mixed messages, hasn't there? Because they've said they're going to change the format of of the Oscar Trainer Trophy. 
um, in, in terms of making it maybe a shorter and more concise uh, tournament played over a shorter period of time. Have you heard anything on, on you know, how that will be formatted? Because there doesn't seem to have been much word on it since. Um, the rumour I heard a few weeks ago was that it was definitely going to be taking place sometime in January, by all accounts. Um, and they're talking about a format in terms of the provinces, provinces that they will have one group, just one group in Munster, one group in, in Connacht, one group in Leinster or whatever, and that maybe two teams will come out of each group and go into a, a last eight situation. Whether that comes to fruition or not remains to be seen. I would have a slight concern about just maybe starting in January and that a lot of the top clubs will be looking at being in the out-of-town stages of yeah. the FBI and the Munster Junior. And given that it hasn't started like it would normally do before Christmas, I would have a little concern about the, the makeup of the squads. Did you find so, it when you were manager of the Oscar trainer, obviously not with James, but when you were in manager Oscar trainer, you had to pick from, you know, different squads. Was was there resistance from clubs? Generally, no, in my time, I have to say. I got I have to say I got generally a great response. Um I I I, I would have had trouble maybe with one club who were concerned about the amount of players maybe that I had picked out of that club. But other than that, I didn't have any problems. But I do know, I do know of managers before my time, Adrian, that would have had problems uh, with it. Um, and I would be disappointed with that because it's a national mm. trophy and it's an FEI trophy. And you've only, I said before, a junior player has only two, two, uh, two FEI trophies he can win. He can win the FEI Oscar trainer trophy and he can win the FEI junior cup. And the Jamesborough lads will tell you it's a fantastic trophy to win, Adrian. It even looks brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant to be involved in this. It's, it's yeah. a fantastic trophy to win. And I know from my own time as a player, I was I was lucky enough to win two as a player, Adrian, back in the nineties, back in ninety four and ninety six, and um, we had fantastic sides. Uh, Paddy Cusick was over the late Paddy Cusick was over the teams, and he was a great influence on me in terms of the Oscar trainer and my love of it. And um, we we had the top players playing. We had no we had no he had no player problem getting players um, playing in, in the competition. Now the only difference that time, Adrian, was it was it was practically knockout. There were no yeah. group stages. So, we, you know, you would have been drawn maybe against the Desmond League. And then you went, if, you, if you were beaten, you were out. Mm -hmm. So from that point of view, it was fairly cutthroat stuff. But it, it certainly added to the tension of the whole thing. And uh, absolutely brilliant trophy to win and, and brilliant medal to have. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And and hopefully, obviously, the prestige of the competition is restored in the new year. That's for sure. Um, It's great to, to hear from you once again, Eden. And, and thanks once again for joining us and giving us your, your insight and analysis into the games uh, and a preview of, obviously, the big clash this weekend between uh, Pike Rovers and Fairview, which we will be dissecting again uh, next week. As I suppose, we're near and closer to the Christmas break, so we probably only have about three or four weekends in it, Eden, before we've already reached half a season. Time really does fly um, but obviously, we, we hope to be back and we hope that you can all join us again next week. Thank you.